Hey guys, Sherdez Leona was my guest this week. Sherdez says that she prefers to be called a creative, and I really can't blame her because she really seems to embody everything that that word entails uh, in all of its forms. It was such a joy talking to her. We went to Urban Beans. We talked about her history with poetry, with photography, with other mixed medias, how she's trying to branch out and explore, and what that realistically means for the rest of her family. Uh, so it was a really, really great conversation. I so enjoyed getting to know her better. Uh, she reached out to me on Facebook, and I'm so glad that she did. Uh, I think that you will enjoy it as well. So kick back and enjoy Sherdez Leona. starting out with Phoenix. I'm Tony Machete. I'm with Shredes Leona today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. I wanted to wait till you had a drink of water in your mouth so that you felt <laughs> comfortable with talking with a stranger. So I'm super excited that, that you reached out to me because I have been meaning to try and get someone who, who deals with spoken word and I just don't know where, like, kind of where to break in here. So I, I would love to hear about how you broke into the scene. Moving from here from Orlando to Arizona, like what yeah. was that transition like? As far as getting involved in the scene, it was actually surprisingly a lot easier and it was only easier because I, I was already involved in the scene in Orlando uh -huh. and then I compete nationally. Yeah. So literally I moved here the week before our team was going to nationals in Denver. So I went there and I performed at an open mic and I literally just put out a call like, hi, I'm representing <laughs> Orlando, but I just moved to Phoenix. So like if anyone lives there or like knows anyone that lives there, please, please. let me know. And then so I that through that way, Flagstaff and Slam Master got in contact with me and yeah. pretty much like when I got back here they sent me a Facebook message and said these are all the people and the things that like you need to check out who will have the right resources awesome. so like my involvement was already pretty easy but as far as like in Orlando like it was definitely just like I pretty much searched like an open mic list went to one of the open mics and then it's like the community is pretty close-knit so like if you know one person then they know the other person who knows the other person and it tends to all be like if you go to one open mic and you perform there and you talk to someone they'll invite you to another open mic and then it's like a whole door opens up for you. So did you start off as an audience member or did you go to that first open mic intending to get up on stage? It was both. I'm like really one of those people who kind of like sit in the back and like have to observe everything. Um, so I went with the intention of like eventually I'm gonna get up on the mic and share poetry but like the first few times were definitely just like just checking out the vibes. But I had I was already like into poetry before I started going to open mics. So had you been writing for a while before that, or did you write your first poem poem like for the open mic? I have actually written since I was little. Um, so it actually started out as singing songwriting, um, and then I just kind of got tired of not being able to produce like the music that I heard in my head. And then so in high school, that started translating over more into like poetry, especially like junior year. And you know, like you do the whole like poetry, yeah. like little section in your English class. <laughs> and then I discovered Andrea Gibson, who is hands down like my biggest inspiration as far as spoken word comes. And then that just kind of, I was like, wow, I can turn this into a physical like finished product. And so it's always been there. It's just kind of developed over the years as far as like the specific media or like the style of writing. 
So what inspired you to finally get up on stage? Dang, I really don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was like a person that was like, you need to go up and you always come here. I know you have like poems to share. Or if it was just like a, like an internal need of like, you know, once you're an artist and you like perform in one medium, yeah. um, like it, there's kind of like that need or desire to like perform in like whatever is the new medium. <laughs> so I don't know if it was like maybe a mix of both. It seems so long ago, honestly. <laughs> so... Uh, was it an instant uh, fit for you once you were up there? Or do you feel like you had kind of a grace period of like, I'm going to force myself to do this another time? Uh, it was definitely a grace period as far as like gaining the confidence. Because it's one thing to like write poetry. Yeah. It's another thing to read poetry in front of an audience. And then it's a whole other thing to perform the poem in front of the audience. Um, so like the first, I don't even know how many times that I like went up was definitely you could see the lack of confidence and the only thing that boosted my self-esteem was people like oh your writing's good and I was like really you like my writing so that like encouraged me to like keep going and then it's really inspiring being around people who are like doing open mics so every week they had the open mic uh fortunately like for me in Orlando at the time they have open mics even multiple open mics every single week so once I started getting involved and I started knowing the people I was like I need to produce a new poem for every single open mic so I can come up and do like a new poem and like you know the same audience will have to hear the same one um so it was kind of like yeah there's definitely a grace a grace period <laughs> I've definitely grown when did you start working in the competitive angles to it um in uh, November of 2016 was the first time I like I competed in a slam. Yeah. I honestly don't really compete in slams outside of like slams that are for like national competitions. <laughs> I only competed the national level. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I like I don't know. I like even in Orlando, I didn't do they had slams like every other week and the only times I did slams were like this is for the semifinals bout to see who's going to be like the representative or like this is for who's going to be on the team and then I was like okay I guess I'll I'll do that but I performed all of the time so that's kind of where the supplement of like performing came in is that I just performed all the time so like I didn't really like need to slam I totally went off a tangent and forgot what your question was no that was absolutely yeah so uh, you you just didn't really see the appeal so much of like having the competitive angle to it or do you feel like that's just like kind of a gimmick to like get people into it more or what, what do you think the point of that is? I'm actually really freaking competitive like <laughs> like really competitive to the point where like I don't even want to come in second in a semifinals bout <laughs> and I've only come in second in one any like bout that I've been in and that was because I had a time penalty and so I became second by like 0.3 points and I was so pissed but I I love the competitive nature of it um but I'm like naturally like I grew up playing sports so like I'm naturally really competitive about like anything you can tell me like last one to the car is a loser and I will mow you down You're a loser, man. <laughs> So I love the competitive edge of it. I think it's just, it's so fun. Like the energy of it is completely different. Um, Cause it's like, you're not just, like you're not just performing whatever poem, like you're performing a poem that you think that like the audience is going to enjoy, that the judges are going to enjoy, that there's also a strategy to it of, as far as like 
what other like what topics have the other poems or like other poets have done like did someone just do a piece about like this one social issue I'm not going to come up and do a piece about the same social issues so now let me think to like what poem can I do that'll score well after that poem so it's like it's a whole like analytics and like strategy and like different hype to it that like really draws me in to like the competitive aspect um and then the scene is also super great you meet a lot of really really great people um a lot of the people who compete tend to be the ones who are running open mics in their like hometown or who are running slams in their their own town um so like there's just also like a whole different community as far as like when you go to like people who are in the open mic community versus like community of like people who are competing and there's some co like mingling but there is also like a difference so it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a whole yeah. new circle of people to integrate yourself with and, and all that. Yeah. Okay. You brought up like three other things that I want to talk to you about, so I'm going to go back through. I think I can remember. But first off, um, I noticed that there was a kind of a theme um, uh, throughout like your website and like your bio and everything like that. Uh-huh. This is kind of the whole idea of creation and how important that just, like creation is. So I was yeah. wondering if you would just want to talk about that for a minute. Uh, okay. So I guess it started for me, at least, like, nailing it down, I read this book um, by Steve Harvey on, like, how to be successful, and his whole thing was find what you're talented at, and, like, what you're talented at is the thing that you do the best with, like, the most, like, the least amount of effort, and then once you find what you're talented at, then that's how you can make, like, revenue, or, like, that's what you pursue. So, like, for him, he said he was talented at making people laugh, and then that turned into him writing a book, or hosting a radio, or whatever. So when I read that book, I kind of just started looking back across my life of, like, everything that I've done, and, like, all of the mediums that I've worked in have been very different. All of the ideas that I've had have been, like, very different. It's very hard for me to, like, narrow myself into one box, but, like, the underlying thing for all of them is like they required like creation or like creating or being a creative in some way so much so to I have it tatted created to create (laughs) um so for me my biggest thing is I always call myself a creative like I honestly hate when someone's like oh this is Shredda she's a really great poet or like she's a really great photographer or whatever it is because I'm like I do stuff outside of poetry and outside of photography like I do mixed medium art, like, I come up with business ideas, so, like, it's very, I feel, like, almost insulting to, like, (laughs) I mean, nothing wrong with, like, if you do one thing, I wish that I had one thing that I could focus on, because I swear it would make my life a lot easier (laughs) if I knew, like, this is my thing, but I don't have one thing, so, like, creating is is what I say is my thing. I like that, okay, so how does that conflict with... I guess going back to competition and stuff, how you uh, were talking about when you're into that competitive angle, there's the strategy of like, which one are they going to enjoy? Mm -hmm. Do those ideas ever clash of like, what do I want to make like truthfully right now versus what do I think will appeal to my audience right now? Um, It's, it's honestly usually not what's going to appeal to my audience. I'm like, what do I want to make and what's going to make me money? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's my current battle, uh, which is what's kind of forced me into the yeah. angle of like, I'm going to focus so much on photography and poetry because like I've made an income from these things, like not enough to like live large or like even pay all of my rent without help or <laughs> any of those things. But it, it, it's kind of like, it does cause a huge clash because... There you can. There's only so much time in a day, and like I can't push my photography business or like push poetry as much 
as I need to for it to actually bring in like a stable income while also providing that same energy into like like whatever mixed media project or visual art series or like video series that I have in mind um so my current dilemma is that I have I have I probably like 30 projects in my head or like on paper that I could like name off right now and I can successfully do like two (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you bring up um earning income from poetry and photography uh, do you feel like those are your money makers because of the uh, the media itself or do you feel like that's because that's, that's your best uh, media um, I haven't really like focused too much on other mediums I think they just came first um, outside of music um, music came first for me I know music would take quite a few years you know um, to make like some sort of income unless you know you're like producing and helping other artists as well but it was just I had already invested so much time and money into photography um, that it's hard for me now to switch to doing like music or like selling that stuff to like be able to afford the investment um, you know to get music things and then like poetry writing has always been there as well and then poetry blew up for me pretty fast um, because I started going to open mics very seriously in August in November was when I became Orlando's representative for the Woman of the World Poetry Slam and then that's when I started featuring all the time and then from there it was just like it was Woman of the World Poetry Slam and then featuring and fundraising money and then that competition in March and then coming back and then competing for the team and then being on the team and then competing in National Poetry Slam in, you know, August and then coming back and then, like, so it was just what happened to, like, take off for me. And so it's, like, I know I already have a a whole community of people backing me and my feet are already, like, wet, so to speak, like, in this medium, that that's why I just focus so much on it because I know that it's going to take... You know, like, it, it takes, you know, five-plus years of doing something um, and, like, focusing on it as a business before you actually see, like, real returns. And so for me, it's like a, well, I'm already here, so might as well just <laughs> see it through kind of deal. <laughs> sure, yeah, why yeah. not? Um, now that you are, I guess, I mean, you haven't, you've been here a while now, but it seems like you're, you're in a, a space to kind of be making some big changes and stuff in your life. Um, is there anything that you feel like you want to do that's like on the horizon for you or like something that you're a new direction you want to push yourself in i am in a weird season of not knowing what the fuck to do because <laughs> I, I was doing you know doing creative stuff full-time for however long and then i moved here and i was still doing full-time you know but shit got real with rent <laughs> um i do live uh with my partner so she was covering rent for you know August, September, October, for most of like all of 2017 that we were living here in Arizona. And so I got a job to help um, because, you know, she wanted to make a career change. And I was like, okay, I'll get a job. I know I can get a job as a photographer and I'll help and I'll start paying bills. (laughs) Um, And then I was doing that. And then just the jobs that I I was at, like, weren't fulfilling. So I recently... I thought I snagged a job as like, you know, doing creative stuff and being an in-house photographer. And I was really stoked about that, like full-time job doing creative stuff. And, you know, like that'll supply. I just, I just want stable income right now. (laughs) But then that ended up falling through in the beginning of March. So literally for the last month, I've just been like, I, I have no clue what to like do with my life or like, what's the best decision? Like, do I keep trying to get stable income? Because... You know, you need you need income in order to 
like reinvest into yourself um and then I'm also at the like but every job that I take on is like super unfulfilling so what do I do um so that's I'm literally like this whole week I've been like ah. so I have no clue uh what's on the on the horizon or you know <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm kind of curious, and like, forgive me if I'm overstepping bounds too, but uh, your partner, is she a creative as well? Or? She is not. Well, okay, I say she is <laughs> because I think everyone is innately uh, creative um, from, you know, like from designers to architects to like, like there takes some creative capacity to be able to like build systems, even if it doesn't look like what people say is typical art. Yeah. Um, so my thing is everyone is a creative and she used to dance like she used to dance she grew up dancing like uh her favorite is ballet and lyrical and she tells me all the time like i choreographed this whole song in my head and i'm like okay so do it um so i call her creative all the time she's attracted to creative people um like all of her friends do something creative um but she swears by by the block that she's not (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting but it seems like she's pretty steadfastly uh, supportive of everything that you do and I think that's such an interesting uh, I guess dichotomy where a lot of the times where you see those relationships like that where somebody is um, more actively pursuing something that uh, is kind of a passion project for them Mm -hmm. the other person is supportive that passion person fucking hates that they can't bring in what the the other person has Um, so I mean what does that conflict like look like for you or feel like for you yeah um, from like both ends or from her end or uh, I, I mean any anything that you want to elaborate on but I'm kind of curious I mean from your perspective of somebody who like you said like you you want to bring in more you want to be able to help more but you also are are looking to compromise like on on what you want to do like yeah. how do you how do you kind of have that conversation in your head um I think it's been easier now um, because uh, let me see November December January February March for five months I was working. I wasn't, like, bringing it, like, neither one of us were really bringing in enough income to pay the bills. It was kind of, like, pay the bill and then overdraft the account, uh, which I think is a lot of people our age is, like, living right now. Um, So I I felt much better about myself when I was, like, we could split going out to a restaurant and, like, or I could cover going out to a restaurant. Um, And so it's, it's kind of... I don't know. It's a weird balance um, because we were together for however long when I didn't like contribute at all um, when it came to like monetary and like in funds and stuff. And she was supportive up until like we got to Arizona. And then after a while, it like takes a toll on you, you know, when you're the one that's like covering all the gas and covering all the groceries and all the food and all the times you guys eat out. And so I guess I guess we kind of like we haven't done it enough times to see if it's like a cycle or anything, but but I think she's like supportive until like her patience wears thins and she starts to get regretful. And then I realize, okay, I've like, I've, I've worn this out for as long as I can now. And then I go back and I get a job and then things are better. Um, so we're on the second time around. It's only been a month, um, but she's not working either. Cause she's in a like a weird career change. Um, so we're both kind of sitting around like, ah. Uh, <laughs> So there hasn't been yet, but as far as, I don't know, I think everything in life is like a weird black and white and you have to find the gray kind of feeling, or it's like it's a constant pulling on both ends and it's like both 
wanting to pursue like my passion full time and wanting to have a like normal job with a stable income in order to provide are like both true at the same time it's like kind of a tug of war at all times and it goes back and forth from one to the other absolutely yeah i think that's something that like you said a lot of artists our age can kind of relate to yeah um that does kind of bring me back a little bit to do uh something i wanted to wanted to talk to you about it's just like the idea of like the themes that you deal with mm -hmm. um so you you mentioned in a video that i saw that uh, you kind of started off dealing with like heartbreak and stuff like that or just yeah. writing about kind of the more personal stuff and then getting into more like the interpersonal social type of issues mm -hmm. um do you ever do you purposely stay away from more personal subjects now do you feel like there's more value to using the platform that you've been able to build um to like look at more bigger social issues or do you feel like when there's kind of personal turmoil in your life you still want to kind of mind that for um so i do both i think yeah. for me um like whether it's personal or whether it's a social issue it's everything that affects my feelings <laughs> um and so it just depends on which is stronger at the moment. Um, and so the past week I've been writing a lot about a, a lot of like personal issues. I've come up with a lot of like visual art series that are very like emotionally charged and emotionally based and like dealing with uh, existential like worries and whatnot. So that's been more prominent, but my relationship has also been like better so I'm not writing about heartbreak because there isn't heartbreak to write about um and I think for me like the people that I surrounded myself with as far as like the slam community which tends to be um very queer a lot of people of color um a lot of women um and you're surrounded by people talking about those issues all the time um and then you kind of realize how important it is to you it's less of a I need to use this platform and more so like this is an opportunity it's less okay it's less of like I need to use the platform to like bring awareness or to like cause any social change or you know rile up the revolution and it's more so like these are my feelings being like you know a woman or being queer being a person of color into this like today's societies affects how I feel affects how I like move through the world um so these are a chance like this is a chance for me to talk on my feelings on what that's like and what that experience is like uh, you mentioned too uh, when you were talking about like com competition strategy that a lot of the times you'll try and just be aware of the other um mm -hmm. like issues that are being talked about on stage uh, because you're kind of surrounding yourself by people who are um, even though there is like a myriad of um, different issues they're all dealing with that they uh, they do have some overlapping ones um, do you ever like hold back from a piece or even creating a piece because you're worried maybe you don't have a fresh enough take on it hmm. I have done that mainly it's, it's pieces where I, I feel strongly about the topic but I don't have a first-hand experience so I feel like it's not my place to write about or to speak on um, like, I, I wouldn't want you to write a piece on, like, being, you know, a woman of color, um, whether or not you feel strongly about issues that surround it or lack of issues or, you know, whatever your take is on it. I still, like, if I heard or knew you wrote a piece, I would still be a little irked. So I have held back from writing pieces. Um, I wrote a, a piece um, about... Uh, how do I say this? It's kind of on like I think it was it was surrounding 
social media uh-huh. and just like all of the things that I saw people were saying about like Muslims and um, like ISIS and kind of like labeling all Muslims very bad and like I grew up like I mean like everyone I don't know from the region that I was like having a class with you know a, a student from the Middle East or a student who did practice um, you know Islam was like you know, normal for me. So I felt very strongly on the piece and I wrote the piece and I've had it, but I've only ever shared it one time within a very small audience of people that I knew very well. And I don't think I will ever write something like that again. And I will probably never ever share that piece, whether it's in writing or in performance with someone else, just because of like, you know, it's not my take. Um, it's not my experience really. So, Man, how, how strongly, I guess, what would you say that comes from a place of like, I don't want it to appear as if I um, am talking out of turn like about this subject. Is, is that is that most of where it comes from, or is it like a? I'm not sure where I'm going with it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like when you're, uh, it's especially like the slam community. Um, people are very. There's a lot of activists. There are a lot of people yeah. who feel strongly about you know their issues or whatever their experiences in the world are. Um, so you, when you start going to a lot of poetry scenes and you start being around a lot of like minority or like oppressed groups, you start to hear like kind of their thoughts on like um, you kind of get like a, a better view of like not necessarily what it means to be them, but you encounter a lot more issues than you would if you were just living in the regular day world. Um, and so I think it's it's now that I've, like, rubbed shoulders with these people and, like, I've heard what they had to say, like, I know it's, one, can be extremely offensive, and my point on doing the piece isn't to be offensive at all. Um, and also just from my own experience of, like, going to a poetry slam and I've I've seen, you know, um, you know a man write a piece on, on what it's like to be a woman or a black man writing what it's like, did a piece about being a black woman or, like, a piece for or about, I don't know. But just hearing it was very, like, okay, but, like, you don't really know. So what you're saying is just, like, regurgitated information based off of what you've heard other people say. Um, so it's kind of like being around that that's made me more sensitive to other people's um, takes on the world. Um, so it's 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 kind of like out of respect for for other people, I guess. Gotcha. And and you've been in the position of like being the person judging a little bit. So yeah. it's like you know that that's I, I don't want that that feeling to come at me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, but yeah, judging is not a bad thing. Everyone judges. Sure. Yeah, and they should uh, to a certain extent. Like the judgment is healthy. Yeah. Um, but it is neither negative nor positive. It is what the person makes it. But judgment itself is very innate. This is one of my <laughs> biggest arguments because people will be like, "Oh my God, you're judging me." And I mean, like, yeah, I am, but it's not in a negative way. I'm just interested as to like what you're doing or why you're doing it or like what. Um, provoked you to like take whatever actions but it's it's usually in like a curious sense of the word and not so much a negative but I think the word judgment has such a negative connotation that everyone's like oh you're judging (laughs) that's like my one of my big campaigns (laughs) now we're laying it all out that's That's what the podcast's about now um what what other kind of themes do you feel like cross media for you like with all of the different uh, media that you uh pursue do you feel like there's certain things that you're just always trying to find a new way to explore um right now for me i would say it's it's mixed media um and that's kind of like learning i'm interested in in how can i combine everything um 
I enjoy, I'm not, I would not call myself a painter. I don't have the patience for it, nor do I have the mental understanding or like the knowledge of <laughs> all of it. Like, I, my brain does not work in that way that it takes to layer a piece, so I don't consider myself a painter. But I do enjoy like spray painting and I enjoy like working with glitter or like doing drip paint stuff. Um, and so lately I've been doing a lot of things as far as like printing out a paper and then like you know painting on it and then posting pieces of a snippet of a poem that I wrote that goes with the piece or like you know like uh that's my kind of like my biggest thing right now is like expressing myself in a way that combines all of them and so I think that one has been the one that's like varied the most and is still at the most experimental stages when you look at like you know my photography or my poetry I think like that expression is still very like undefined and like uh-huh. doesn't know what it's doing. It's still a baby. <laughs> um, are the, it's it's interesting to bring up like the the idea of putting pieces of your poetry in there too, because I feel like like you you uh, published a couple of chat books yourself. Mm-hmm. Just the, creating one of those, I feel like in a, in a way is still mixed media yeah. because it started off as a vocal performance and kind of somehow being able to translate that into a page is, is mixing the idea of, of writing and performing still in some yeah. way. And so I, yeah, I, because I, I, <laughs> I mean, the, when you see most chapbooks and stuff, like no, it's, it's almost never just like lines on a page. It's always, there's always some more visual element to it, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so I think that's the artist trying to explore visually what they, what they said and how yeah. they acted. Um, are there any, I guess, just like kind of uh, art- artistic themes that you try to pursue that you've used different media like to kind of pursue the same thing? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's the same things that I've like written about. Yeah. Mainly, I want to say more so on feelings um, and kind of like my photography can be very much like commercial. I do a lot of portraits and like. Um, a lot of brand work so like it's it's artistic in a sense but it's not artistic in the sense of like pursuing like a deeper meaning of what it means to be human (laughs) and so I think that that that's probably like the biggest thing is pursuing like pain um, pursuing like grief or or envy or jealousy Uh, a big one for me is pain um, and anger pain and rage it's kind of a big two big emotions um and those are the ones that I've kind of been been trying to figure out on how to do it not only in just like poetry form but also as far as like how can I do this within fine art and like use a human body to portray pain or how can I do this through like a sculpture to like yeah I want to figure out how to make a visual representation of of like pain or anger um so it's it's kind of like the deeper seated like rooted emotions that like people kind of shy away from um, or like, you know, trigger warning, like, you know, suicidal tendencies or depression are kind of more so the themes that I try to pursue on multiple mediums. That's the biggest one. Do you feel like those emotions are synonymous with being human? Like, I think it's interesting that when you said uh, being human, the first thing you jump to is pain. Do you feel like pain is like a pure form of, of being human than some other emotions? Um... Uh, then other emotions. Would you say? I want to oh, say. Oh, yeah. oh, say. You can clarify. I was going to paraphrase before you even said anything. That's, that's go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to say like. 
for me, the biggest thing that I think that is innate and you can trace it back to every single like human, whether like their desire is love. Um, and I think everything stems from love or the lack of love. Um, and so I think oftentimes when we're without love or we feel like we're without love or like we're, um, there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't think of it right now. From that, like, I think that's the most basic human emotion and like the purest human emotion. Um, so I think when that isn't present, present, that's when you get pain. And then, you know, that can stem into, I think the way that it, it shows up is different for every human, but I think like it all like traces back, like negative things traces back to like a lack of love or a fear of losing love or a fear of, of not being loved or that you'll be without it. So that's kind of what I think is. Interesting, it. the pain is the absence of love. That's huh. profound thought. One other thing I want to ask about is, uh, I mean, it's come up a couple of times on and off mic, it's just the idea of like kind of using art to make money. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm curious how you approach that. Like, is it, uh, do you kind of approach it from the angle of this is my art, this is what I can give you? Or do you kind of pursue clients and be like, I'll give you whatever you need from me? What, what's your angle on, on trying to find artistic paying work? For me, it has been, it's been both. Um, it's, it's, since I don't really like sell or get into, not as of yet, it is a hope to like have artwork that is like more fine art or like mixed media based and to like sell commissioned pieces or to like sell prints in galleries. Um, so I guess that would be a form of like, this is my art. <laughs> if you like it, please buy it. Um, <clears throat> which is an expensive uh, way to get into art, honestly, because if you're a painter like it, it costs a crap ton of money it costs a crap ton of money to print um photos just to go hang with the hopes of someone is going to buy it um so i think right now the most successful form of making money as an artist that i found is is going out and seeking those companies and saying like hey i see you guys like can update your social media with photos like I do photos here's my pro profile check me out yeah you like my stuff okay let's talk and let's negotiate let's see if I could come up with something that'll work for you sometimes I'll see a company that I I want to work with and I'll go out and I'll I'll come up with a project idea and I'll be like can we get on the phone and discuss some project ideas and I'll be like I see you have this campaign going up you know I thought about like hey we can make a design from this we can do like some lifestyle photos um, so, uh, most of my things have been like, hey, I, I'm a teaching artist, I can teach poetry, I want to work in your workshop, um, with the hopes of like, once I build up enough of an audience and enough um, expertise and skill that it will be like the other way, way around. I see. So I don't it, even. I think I remembered the two, yeah. the two different ones. What was it? What was that? It well, was. I feel like with most artists, it's either um, they create the art and they they wait for for someone to appreciate it, or mm -hmm. um, they're, I guess, maybe confident enough in their abilities to say to say that they can fill any niche that needs filling. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think one is any more better than the other. But yeah. I think you're right in that it is um, maybe a matter of confidence to get up to the point where you say this is who I'm taking or leave it, and yeah. if you want it, then by all means take it that is that would be the ultimate goal <laughs> yeah. as an artist is to like be able to freely express however the yeah. freak you want to express and like create whatever you want uh -huh. and go out and put it in galleries and have people come up to you and say i like your work can you 
give me a print. I like your work. Can I, can you do a commissioned piece for me? It would be the ultimate goal, and I think I would be a lot happier in life if that's how I was paid. <laughs> um, but I think it's just, I don't want to say it's unrealistic because it depends on the person and it depends on the medium. Um, but I think unless you have a, like a large investment up front to where you can freely create your art and then go out there and talk to people and show them your art. I mean, like people do it at First Friday all of the time. Um, but you know, that's, there's, that's booth space. That's, you know, so I think it's, it depends on your medium. It depends on your personality and it depends on like where you're at as far as like a following goes. That's true. Yeah. If you, if your main medium was poetry and you didn't have a physical book to sell, then there'd be nothing for you in those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, a good way to look at things that you, you are kind of finding these these windows, but you are maybe kind of. I think you, it seems like you're kind of opening the window yourself, where um, like you'll you'll like you said find a company and be like, oh, they don't have photos. Oh, yeah. I do photos. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you have to. Yeah. Honestly, I shouldn't even say it's one or the other. I want to say it's a mix of both, because if you speak to I feel like any working artist or artist that's trying to make it as an artist in whatever their medium is, they have 17 million things going on, and it's like they're reaching out to this museum and they're going to this show, and they have this company that they're reaching out to do whatever, and they have someone who liked their stuff, and they're doing a commissioned piece, and so I think it's. It, yeah, it, it boils down to you do everything at once. And I think I think at the end of the day, everything is the artist opening up the window and going to someone. You know, mine just happens to be I go to companies, but people who sell their work, whether it's like I create this work, like, do you like me? Do you like my work? Please buy it. Like, you still have to go out and you have to find the places to show your work. You have to talk to the people. You ha- Like, you still put yourself out there and, like, you know, someone walks by your booth. Hey, come check out my work. Um, so I think, I think, whenever whatever pursuit you're trying to like do to make money is is your you're putting your out yourself out there. Like no matter what the avenue is. Gotcha. So and rather than trying to just give only yourself, or rather than be whatever um, they need you to be, it's it's the version of you that best fits them, mm-hmm. I guess. I yeah. don't know. Cool. Uh, well, I, that's a place I think we kind of wrap up the last couple questions. First off, I'd like to ask, um, is there anybody else in town you want to give some recognition to? Um, I want to give recognition to an organization um, called Phonetic Spit. Um, they are a nonprofit and they work... Okay, don't quote me on them being a nonprofit because I actually don't know their stats well <laughs> enough to say they're a nonprofit. I believe they're a nonprofit. Um, I've worked with them a couple of times hosting open mics and workshops um, and they they work very heavily with the youth as far as um, not only teaching them um, like the literacies of like poetry but also teaching them like social and like mental literacy they do a lot of things where they go into schools and they they work in workshops um they're just really involved with like the youth and like the next generation of like spoken word um poets and all of the organizers and all of the teaching artists are have they have been like the most helpful as far as getting me like paid gigs and you know they're always like if you're a teaching artist um, and you work in spoken word and you're looking to get involved, they need more teaching artists because not a lot of people are out there doing that type of work, surprisingly. Um, and they're really, really good people. And then stemming from Phonetic Spit is Megan Atencia. 
Her last name is spelled A-T-E-N-C-I-A. Um, you can put it in Google. It'll take you to her, like, her website and whatnot. Um, she is, like, the first person I made contact with here in uh, Phoenix. She's the one who got me plugged in and gave me, like, the list of all the open mics. She's a super good contact to have. Um, she works with Phonetic Spit as a teaching artist. She also works doing like poetry therapy, which I had no clue was a thing, but she's a, a poetry therapist in like a mental health <laughs> hospital. She's a very like very sweet person, does like awesome stuff, um, starting a writing collective. And she's just very, like if you're looking to get involved or like you need someone who's like willing to like you help you out and be like, I was there once too. Um, very genuine person. Um, so she's also someone. Uh, yeah. Megan, okay, next bit. Um, any personal projects, plugs, websites to check out? So there is my website, um, shredesleona.com, S-H-E-R-D-E-S-L-E-O-N-A. Um, and then if you type in Shredes Leona into like any platform, I will pop up because there's not very many Shredeses <laughs> in the world. Um, like I'm on Instagram, I have both a visual art page and a poetry trip page on Facebook. I'm doing hashtag NAPO RIMO, which is National Poetry Writing Month. Um, so I'm doing, uh, it's like 30 for 30. I'm doing one poem every day that I'm like putting out. Um, we'll probably be making a chat book from it. Um, I do like commissioned pieces as far as um, like poetry. I edit for poetry if needed. Um, I also am doing a discount right now on all of my portrait shoots, um, you know, family portraits, engagements. I don't do weddings because they're a hassle. <laughs> um, but any other portraits, I've worked in a lot of um, like photography mediums. So I am doing a discount right now. Please hit me up for a discount because I am hella broke. And would you prefer people hit you up through the website or through the She Doesn't Know to Creates Facebook page? Um, any of the Facebook pages or Instagram DM would be super great. I'm also really good at uh, responding to my email, which if you hit me up on one of those pages, I will probably just direct you to my email. <laughs> it's shredesleona at gmail.com. Yeah. So, yeah. I do like on a total side note, I like that you've obviously spelled your, your website out and your name out for people so much that it's become like a jingle in your head. Like you kind of, <laughs> I've got to do it. S H E R D E S L E O N A. And it was really fun for me for a second. Sorry. Um, last thing I'd like to ask, just a, a single piece of advice. Um, fun, fun tip from that. I'm going to interrupt you really quick. I went to a show. Uh, I saw Andrea Gibson like this past week or whatever. Touring with Andrea Gibson was Buddy Wakefield, who is a, a phenomenal poet, and uh, he was signing my book. And I said, um, yeah, can you sign it for Sherdez? And then I was like, oh, and Leona. But I meant, <laughs> I meant Sherdez Leona, because I wanted my yeah. full like artist name to be on the book. Um, but my girlfriend was standing next to me, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, okay, should I just make up a last name? And I and I thought that he meant, like, he got that Shredes Leona was, yeah. like, a two-part name yeah. and that I, like, you know, like, let's use a, a real... I don't know. Yeah. And so I was going to tell him, like, oh, no, that's not, that's not, like, you know, that's that's the name, yeah. no last name. But ha-ha, you can put a last name if you want. But I didn't want to ruin his joke, so I just kind of went, ha-ha, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then apparently my girlfriend at the time, like she knew what he was talking about, but she saw me go like, oh, uh, mm, and didn't say anything. And then I got the book back and I opened it up and it was like, Shredez and Leona. And I was like, that's not, what? 
Uh, okay. That's amazing. Oh my god, that's wonderful. Uh, okay, last, last thing, yeah, piece of advice that you'd want to give for somebody who is trying to maybe go down a similar path with you. Um, oh shit, I knew that was gonna happen. When I had like the two things in mind. Uh, okay, um, I would say uh, patience is a big one. Um, only because I'm always, always, always like, I, like they're getting paid to tour and they're doing a, a tour and they have a book published and like my poetry is just as good as their poetry or like they're getting paid thousands to take photography like take photos and earn a living and I'm like my like sometimes I'm like my photos are totally better than that um but it's like you also look at it and it's like well they have x amount more years of experience everyone's journey is is different so like they may be better at learning knowing how to market or knowing how to set up a website and like you may not be um so like if you're good at it um and you're really passionate about it I would just say like think of it as it is it you know like you're not going to be famous in six months like I I always say like oh that'll be me in 10 years which is is kind of a uh, (laughs) really long game um and then I would say the other thing is you can't do everything yourself Uh, which I am just now figuring out I don't know, maybe some people can, and they're super freaking organized. Um, But my bet is if you're an artist, you're probably not super freaking organized. I mean, that's stereotypical of me to say that. (laughs) Um, But it's impossible, kind of, really, to to have time to, like, create and market yourself the way you want to and, you know, look at other avenues, especially if you're pursuing a lot of different outlets like if you're not just focusing on like I'm just gonna paint but you're trying to paint and you're trying to do photography and you're trying to do poetry and you're trying to do music like it's not possible to get it all done um so I would say to like either one get someone who like believes in you as much as you can who can help you out with like some of the back work and who can help you out you know whose strengths is their weaknesses um or what I just started doing I don't know if it's gonna work or not I hope it's gonna work I'm starting to automate some of my systems as far as like posting on social media um there's like this cool thing called Zapier um and it literally you can connect like your your blog to like once your blog you set a post on your blog you can trigger it it'll trigger and then it'll post on like your Facebook your Twitter your LinkedIn and then you can customize it so that it shows up to all of them differently I just found it I've spent the whole week like trying to set this whole thing up um but I already feel like less pressure of knowing like I can just sit down and plan out all my blog posts and set a schedule and like it'll do it for me for the next you know two weeks obviously you have to still get on social media and talk to people but I I would just say like as you grow that you're definitely going to need um if not a team like at least another person who if they're not working working with you all the time someone who like believes in you just as much as you believe in yourself um which I know not everyone has but if you can find someone like that they're a lifesaver um and someone who will be willing to like help you out when you're stressing about the fact that your to-do list is 20 pages long and they're like i'll cover two three or four things for you that's awesome yeah so just be patient don't do it alone use zapier <laughs> love it all right sure does thank you so much for your time of course thank you
Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistphx at gmail.com.